Hey there, what's up? We are back for another episode of the You Like That Feels Great Baby podcast. I'm your host, Eric Stenholm, along with my co-host, Joey Moore. Uh, We're back to discuss week two, give you a preview for week three, give you some best bets for next week, and of course, crown another Jack and the Bum of the Week. We're two weeks into the NFL season. That's the equivalent, Joey, of 10 you know, NBA or NHL games, 20 MLB games. We're basically an eighth of the way through the season, so we can start to you know, make some proclamations for the season here. We have enough of a sample size to say, hey, I noticed this is a trend, or I'm thinking this team is actually better or worse than I thought. Uh, we'll start with the Niners, uh, their game against the Rams. Obviously, the main takeaway from... You know, most people who watch that game is going to be the Niners might be the best team in football. It's between them and Dallas and probably Philadelphia right now. But your main takeaway from that game, I gather, even as a Niners fan, is, hey, the Rams are actually pretty surprising. Yeah, uh, Rams aren't going to be a pushover. Um, They were impressive. Uh, I didn't know what to make of last week um, going into Seattle and winning pretty convincingly, especially in the second half. Um, But that carried over. Um, Seattle's clearly not a bad team they're they obviously had a big win they're good um sean mcveigh sean mcveigh's damn good coach and i know he's lost you know a bunch of games in the regular season at least to uh the niners and, and his buddy kyle shanahan but he uh their game plan i mean th- they were on fire um uh puka Doncic, uh he's pretty good <laughs> Um, That's a good one. Like he, I heard, I did not. I'm not going to take credit for that. I heard that from, I saw it online somewhere. That's I'm a that's a old school. That. that Chris Berman would have had that if he was still doing it. Or uh, yeah, uh, Luca Nakua. Pick whatever one you want. <laughs> um, he's he's like he's damn good. Like boy, when they get Cooper cut back and they found a way to use Tutu Atwell, who's been completely irrelevant since they drafted him. Um, they punted cam Akers and replaced him with kyron williams who's i think the scrimmage touchdown leader so far and by the way matthew stafford when healthy is pretty freaking good uh he looks he looks elite again the most impressive thing is their offensive line which has been pretty terrible um held up big time i mean the niners got no pressure unless they blitzed uh, fred warner a couple times um they're gonna score on people the rams they're they're gonna score on people their defense is pretty young um but yeah, I, I mean, I like to pump Stafford's tires today, but he did have, I mean, a couple. The first pick wasn't his fault, but the second one, he just, I mean, yeah. it's right. It's right to Lenore. I mean, it's a terrible route by Van Jefferson, who's kind of been benched by the Rams, but um, the Rams are not a pushover. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, they got a they got a very interesting Monday night game next week in Cincinnati, If especially if Burrow doesn't play, which even if he does, they look in shambles right now. Um Rams are not bad. Rams are not bad. Yeah, um, and I think you know going into that game, you know probably looking at that game on the schedule in the off season, you figured oh Niners big favorites there, ten point favorites. They're gonna they're gonna crush them. After week one, we were like oh okay maybe the Rams are pretty good. Maybe Seattle's not that good. After week two, we're saying Seattle is good. The Niners are one of the best teams in football, and the Rams are not a pushover. So the NFC West has already shifted a little bit. I think uh, you got to be happy how the Niners came out of that game. Seven-point win, no significant injuries, really good start through two weeks, right? Yeah, I mean, you said significant, no significant injuries. Um, only one I can think of is Ambry Thomas, but he's, you know, decent player, but replaceable. Um, yeah, I mean, hard to, hard to ask for much more than 30 points back-to-back road games before you come home. Short week against a, a Saquon-less New York Giants team. I think the last time I looked, the, the line was minus 10.5. Um, but Giants figured something out. I know it was against Arizona, um, but uh, they figured something out at the second half of that game, so we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, I mean, uh, as a fan, I don't like predicting like they're going to win such and such games or win the Super Bowl or anything just because I, I don't want to be sad and wrong. I'll just be sad. <laughs> um, but, like, my my gut tells me if I wasn't either fan, when, if this team is healthy, they're the best team in football. I they really are. I, I, I mean, Dallas is right there. I mean, Dallas would equally as present. I, I, you know, I'm not the biggest Dak guy, obviously, but I mean, their defense looks even better than it did last year, and their defense was ready to win a Super Bowl. They're last year. so similar right now, um, the Niners and Cowboys. Elite defense, 
quarterback who's only going to be asked to mostly manage the game at this point. You know, elite running game, weapons on the outside. I mean, you got first ballot Hall of Famers and Trent Williams and Zach Martin. I mean, really similar teams, and I think they're. I think they've even distanced themselves from Philly. A little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't want to – Philly, it looks like losing both coordinators, something is just not as perfect as it was last year. I mean, they're still damn good. Um, but, like, yeah, as you know, we'll talk about it. I mean, if, if the Vikings didn't turn the ball over for it, I mean, they probably win that game. Um, yeah, devastating loss for the Vikes on Thursday. To me, it was just essentially a redo of week one, but against a much better opponent. Um, four turnovers in that game, three fumbles. Uh, one by Jefferson that was a you know essentially going to be a touchdown or down at the one fumbles it out of the end zone so we lost the possession they go down and they score a field goal right before the end of the half so a ten point swing there uh, a fumble on a punt return where our guy had broken a few tackles and gotten all the way to the Philly thirty three when he fumbled so to me that's another three to seven points off the board Vikings as you and I were texting at halftime they could have been up twenty eight to ten at the half and at worst twenty one or 17 to 10 at the half it was just an absolute disaster uh on the special teams situation i mean yet another fumble by uh, a punt returner that's back-to-back weeks uh i've just it's it's a devastating start to the season for the vikings because both games were right there to win um i did think cousins was fantastic i think he's had a good start to the season i think the turnovers i would say of the four turnovers that he's committed only one has been you know just a bad throw and that was the second one in the tampa bay game but man tough start for the vikes i really think philly was there for the taking i think you said that all throughout the game was like hey this Philly team on a short week after not playing that well in New England, they were ready to Minnesota, give that game. I was, I was texting, bringing the heat. I mean, they were, like, I mean, the the biggest reason why Philly was so good, I think even more than Jalen Hurts, even though he was fantastic, is like I've said it a million times, they have the Avengers blocking for him. Mm. I mean, it is, it's just a force field of just protection around an already, you know, very good quarterback. Minnesota was getting there. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot, and and a lot of different looks. At, yeah, which I, is which is great. We didn't have that last year. Flores was throwing everything at him. Yeah, I and just the turnovers. Yeah, the Jefferson one was. A, I mean, that's a touchdown, and it's going the other way. That that was a big one. But just, I mean, last thing on the Niners. Like, I mean, they're you know their defense is equally as good as some of the teams they've had in the last few years. Um, their offense is a lot better. I mean, it's the best offense I've I've ever seen them have. Um, in my lifetime, honestly, uh, to put up it's thirty straight games on, on the road, like in the Niners for sure, right? I mean, just throwing the ball. Yeah. I mean, like they had, you know, that era was like Crabtree. You know, I mean, I think Vernon Davis at his peak was just as good as George Kittle, just not as a good a blocker. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Anquan Bolden, Crabtree, and like, I mean, McCaffrey's better than Frank Gore. I mean, I love Frank Gore, but McCaffrey's a better player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the. Purdy missed three touchdowns. That's the thing. They scored 30 points, and it's a Purdy. I swear they ran the same play Jimmy missed Emmanuel Sanders in the Super Bowl. It was the same, like, post to the to the field, the, to the field goal, and it was, like, overthrew him. And I'm like, that's a touch. Like, and Devo Samuel, for all plays, for being as good as he is, never gets open, like, down the field, like, on a big go route mm-hmm. and post route. Like, he's, he's, a, he's, like, the best gadget guy you've ever seen. But, yeah, like. Running the route tree is not his thing, but he beat he beat the corner and Purdy <laughs> well overthrew him. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that's encouraging. And, and yeah, next couple of games against Giants and Arizona, and then the big one, Dallas comes to Santa Clara on Sunday Night Football. And I believe um, you follow that up with a trip to Minnesota. Will Kirk? Cousins... I think that's two weeks after. We go oh, to we right. go to Cleveland. Cleveland then Minnesota. A question I have for you, will Kirk Cousins be the starting quarterback for the Vikings in that game? I say 90% yes, probably 95% yes, but a lot of rumors on podcasts, on ESPN, on NFL Network about the Jets thinking about making a trade for him. Uh, We put out a poll on our Twitter account, and uh, I think it ended up being over 50% said yes, the Jets should do it. It would be a good trade for a first-round pick. 40% said Vikings should absolutely say yes, and then ten percent said that the Jets should say no. So it was like the majority. Of I people think the said Vikings would, would drive him to New Jersey in a limo for a first round <laughs> pick, not because yeah. he's not worth it, but just like 
a 35 like he's clearly QB. he's clearly not going to be on the team next year yeah. i mean they said play it out we're not extending you like we want to kind of turn turn it over reset our our cap and so the thing is i just don't i mean i don't think the jets i, I wouldn't do it if i was the jets because like what mm. are you going to do trade a first rounder and then rogers comes back potentially if he doesn't retire and you still don't have an offensive line to mm. protect him and he'll be 40 and I think the events of that game against Dallas kind of show, hey, even with, you know, a top 12 quarterback, you know, the jump from Zach Wilson, who's 32nd, let's just say, <laughs> the jump from him to Cousins is huge. I don't think it's enough for them to, like, win that Dallas game. I mean, they got – they whatever points they got in that game were not because of Zach Wilson and not because I of think the Jets should offense. trade for somebody. I just would not give up the first round. I would try as hard as possible. Yeah, trade like a fourth for Brissett or something. That's what I was looking at was, you know, yeah. someone competent, you know, somebody like that, but don't mortgage the farm. I, I And I personally don't think, unless you could get a one, that the Vikings should trade Cousins. The division is bad. I think we can still win the division, especially if we can get off the schneid this week against the Chargers. So it'll be interesting I mean, to watch. Philly, I think. Philly, even on your best, I mean, it's it's tough how it went. Because I was like, you guys, I mean, arguably should have won the game. Um, maybe Tampa's not terrible. I mean, they're 2-0. and I know they beat, you know. Beating the Bears isn't like a trophy, but you know they're not. Again, just if the Vikings just keep the ball to themselves, we're two and zero. Yeah, yeah. And you get the Chargers, who season. never win this week. It's the, it's the opposite of last year, where we didn't deserve to win maybe eight of the games that we won. We went thirteen and four this year. We probably should be two and zero, and because of stupid turnovers and a couple really untimely uh, calls going against us. We're 0-2, but we march forward. Uh, Monday Night Football tonight. They went with the doubleheader. Uh, we'll get to the games in a moment, but I just want to get your opinion. Do we like two Monday Night Football games at the same time? Because there's two schools of thought here, and I think we're I on opposite it. sides. I knew you I did. hate it. <laughs> like, I don't... There's something special about being the only game everyone in America is watching. And as I was texting you, I hate the multiple screens. Fun fact, I actually did try the trial of Sunday Ticket um, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, like, watching four games one time, like the 10 a.m. window for the Niners. Wasn't a huge fan. <laughs> I don't know okay. if it's my eyesight. Like, it's just way too distracting. I I like the, I like the fact you could pick any game you want to watch. Mm-hmm. Because if I didn't have Sunday Ticket, I'd be stuck with Raiders Bills until the Niners, and that's mm-hmm. it. Um, but like the four, the four, like today, even the two screens, like they don't take up the whole TV. I just, I've you remember, decided you, know, you remember video games years ago. Like if you played Tony Hawk or like call of duty with your buddy, like they split it and it covered the whole TV. Yeah. Like top and bottom. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, at least the way YouTube does it is it's like left screen, not going top to bottom and then mm-hmm. right. Like, you know, you sent me a picture and I, I was like. Um. Yeah, I don't know. And plus, you only have. I don't know. I, I wasn't. I, I thought I was gonna love it. I thought I was just gonna like. So I'll say I. I think that the four screens is overkill. Like, first of all, when you first do it, you're like, oh my god, this is awesome. I would say after five or ten minutes, you're like, hey, I'm having trouble paying attention to what's going on in certain games because it's just too much information. I think I've decided that I'm a huge fan of Red Zone. I will watch Red Zone for every minute of the year that the Vikings aren't playing. And then I love really? the two box. I don't like the four, but like the two that we just had with Monday Night Football, that is awesome. I think that's a good look. You can. I'd like it better if you could if you it. could make one of them bigger, which maybe you can. I just mm. haven't figured that out. No, I haven't seen that yet. That is a good point. If you could make say, you know, there's a premium Monday Night game, you know, you know, Bills yeah. Chiefs or something, and then you move like you know. Broncos Browns to the bottom right. Something yeah, not like a fifty-fifty, but like a picture-in-picture, picture, like a little. Yeah. Like, yeah. Come on, folks. The thing at, is, the uh, thing Google is, I don't YouTube. know. I may, maybe I'm an outlier. Even you know, for being a obviously big football fan, I don't even like red zone. Like, yeah, you said this last year, and I couldn't disagree more. Like, I'm a red like zone truther. Like, I don't <laughs> like my number one pro for the the Sunday ticket. This one, the um, yesterday. Was I, I wanted to watch the Seattle Detroit game, so mm-hmm. I was able to watch that, and I I ended up once I kind of messed with it for a little bit, 
I put that that just that game on, like mm-hmm. the whole TV, like that. Like that's cool. Mm-hmm. Like that, I, I do really like, you know, because that was better than watching um, Buffalo and and Vegas. Um, but like, yeah, I'm never gonna do it when like the Niners are playing. I guess the Niners play Thursday and the Raiders play Sunday night this week. Mm-hmm. So locally, there's no regional stuff. Right. Ten to ten a.m. and and a one o'clock window. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. The Maybe games just, tonight, though, we got to get into school. I don't know. I just want to watch a game. Yeah, I, like I enjoyed I watching the the two side by side. I saw uh, when Bryce Young had that fumble that eventually led to points for the Saints. That play was happening at the same time as T.J. Watt was sacking Deshaun Watson. I thought that was kind of cool, but then eventually you do have to make a decision like, hey, I'm going to pay attention to this game more than the other. I think the game most folks watched tonight was Steelers-Browns. Uh, uh, those who listen to this podcast hopefully bet on the Steelers as we recommended last week. They come away with the win. Um, crazy game that I think mostly came down to the Browns being completely defeated after the loss of their best player. Devastating injury for Nick Chubb. That's now back-to-back Monday Night Football uh, appearances this season that have led to one of the best players in football having a season-ending injury. Brutal to watch. Tough situation for the Browns coming off of a big win against Cincinnati. They lose at uh, Pittsburgh. They lose their best player. Um, Deshaun Watson, again, I would say did not look anywhere near what he looked like 2020 and before with the Texans. It's not looking good there for Cleveland. And I think, like you said, after the first game, Niners-Steelers, the Steelers actually are a pretty good team. They just ran into a juggernaut in week one. Most impressive thing is, is like Cleveland, like you said, does have a, I mean, very good offensive line. I know they lost their right tackle last week for the season. Um, but still, like, every one of them is pretty good. Um, they got abused. I, I mean, I think Pittsburgh finished with six sacks, maybe more. Uh, T.J. Watt looks like, I mean, the defensive player of the year. I mean, I guess you could put him in Micah Parsons, but watching, you know, him him abuse Colton McKivitz against the Niners <laughs> for three sacks, and then this one. I mean, he had a touchdown. Like, I mean, he's, I mean, went healthy. I mean, he is, he is dominant. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Cleveland. The, Desha- they, I mean, boy, boy, oh boy, Deshaun. Um, he's a shell of himself. Uh, he, I mean, he had a couple nice throws I saw to to Amari Cooper, but he's just consistently just not good enough. I think he had, I think he finished maybe like fifty three percent passing. I, when I you're getting paid, just... you know, fifty something million a year, you have to be one of the top six or seven guys in the league, and he's not even in the top half right now. It's a real tough situation 55 there. Yeah, percent. And after last week, which granted it was in bad weather, but last week he was even worse. So. Really tough. Situation and last week, I know it's like Cincinnati. His completion percentage for this season—I know it's only been two games—is fifty-five point two. That's Tebow level, man. That is not good. And on top of it, I mean, I guess they voted him a team captain. Maybe he's a, maybe he's a, <laughs> he's a Great locker teammate. room guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> just weird. Just weird. Yeah. Um. If you had to yeah. pick a game of the week this week, I think we definitely go Seattle Detroit 37-31. So like I said, Sunday wins. ticket, that's why that's why. Yeah. That that, one. I mean, we after last year which was also week 2 uh Seahawks at Lions that was high scoring, we expected this one to be really high scoring and it was. Um the golf pick 6 changed everything cuz I thought Detroit was going to run away with that game. Uh the pick 6 brought Seattle right back into it. Um and then, you know, to the Lions' credit, they were basically, you know, dead to rights there in the fourth quarter. They go down there, they score, they get it to overtime where Geno responds after his big blunder at the end of the fourth quarter. Uh, Seahawks' <laughs> offense looks, I mean, legit with those three wide receivers with Kenneth Walker. Lions' defense, I got to say it's a little sus right now. What did you, what did you take out of that game? So... You know, for fans of the podcast who listen to our uh, previews, um, obviously I'm no bigger Detroit fan outside, you know, not in the state of Michigan, you know, calling them the most rootable team in the NFL. But before the season, I mentioned this game last year specifically, like play a potential like playoff team last year. I mean, obviously I think Seattle is really good. You have that game at home again for the second straight year. Like for me to take you to that next level, I'm not even talking like – 
top of the NFC, but like a, clearly the best team in your division. Like you have to win some of these games. You know, you look back at, you know, week one, it's really cool kickoff game. Like everyone loves it, but it took, I mean, Kansas City's two best players, one future Hall of Fame. I mean, Chris Jones is right there. I mean, no Travis Kelsey is huge. And it took just an abomination effort from Kadarius Tony to lose that game. And you come home, I mean, biggest game at Ford Field maybe ever. The crowd was nuts for that And game. you have to win that game. I mean, yeah. like, you know, I, I just, I thought, I mean, the game specifically, yeah. I mean, Seattle's offense looked like I thought they'd look. Gino was a lot better. Um, other, especially other than that, <laughs> that sack he took at the end. Oh. I thought Detroit should have been more aggressive. That after they got the sack and then returned, like I mean, they just kicked a field goal. But mm-hmm. I thought they could have been more to to get a touchdown. But um, yeah, the pick six was was old Jared Goff. I'd like to think he's a new Jared Goff because he. I mean, he almost. I mean, he was closing in top one or two on like the all time record for like most attempts without throwing a pick, and then he throws that. It's just pick he was six. like eighteen passes away from yeah. the record. I mean, I think he had three touchdowns. I, I mean, he's playing well. Um, but like Detroit, like you said, their defense is can't stop a nosebleed. Um, you have to win that game. You, you just, I mean, you could look back NFC conference opponent. You could look back, and that could be a tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Minnesota obviously turn it around. I mean, they're not going to go. They're not going to go like four and thirteen. Like they're going to be a good team. Um, like the Packers, like I mean, they might be decent. I thought they. I mean, I didn't see the end of it, but they blew it to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're up. I think they're up twelve when I saw on Sunday, and then. Would, but like yeah, I mean Detroit. That was a win, massive that missed game. opportunity. Got to win that game. Yeah, huge missed opportunity. They, I think this was a chance given that the Vikings, Packers, and Bears all lost. They could have really separated themselves, and they didn't. Um, I think the biggest story, uh, at least before the Chubb injury, to come out of Week Two was Cincinnati in free fall. The Baltimore Cincy game. Obviously, Lamar looked great. The Ravens looked super buttoned up early in the season like they always do under Harbaugh. Still one of the best coaches in the entire league. But, man, are the Bengals cooked? Like, they're 0-2, but the eye test says it's worse than that. It's not like, oh, they've had a slow start. It's like, no, if you actually watched their two games, like, even if Burrow is 70% or is slightly injured and may miss next week, that doesn't excuse everything. That team looks awful right now crisis time in Cincy or are you just going to wait and see this year is different than last year I know they started 0-2 last year um kind of for the same reasons like Burrow misses camp he had an appendectomy it wasn't like a you know muscle types like he's not going to get a second emergency appendectomy like in October um and they lost I think they lost to Pittsburgh week one Mm -hmm. um last year I don't know who they lost week two, but I know they started 0-2, and, and but I was like, okay, they'll figure it out. This year, you said this is different. Number one, they lost two home games, two in-division games. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, I mean, that's as bad as it gets. Your quarterback, who's now hurt again with an injury that if you don't have him just sit for like at least a month, like, is going to be there all year. Mm-hmm. Um their offensive line has never been that good, and if if Burrow can't move at all, he's a sitting duck. I don't care how good he is. And the criticism, like you've always been saying on Zach Taylor, like, okay, when Joe Burrow's not beep, boop, 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 slicing and dicing, <laughs> what do we got? Like, uh, it, it's kind of, it's kind of, if you watch the games, turn back into just throw the ball down the sideline to one of their, you know, elite receivers and hope they make a play. Well, it, that's hard to win, especially when you're playing good teams. I'm not going to say Cleveland is, is is everything, but like the Ravens, I was never the highest guy on the Ravens just because I just never think Lamar's going to play 17 games. But when I mean Zay Flowers is a player, yes. you know, I sucks they lost J.K. Dobbins, but I mean the Ravens are well run operation, and when Lamar plays, they win a damn good amount of the, amount of their games. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I believe I mean, Lamar is forty-five and sixteen as a starter. Like I saw pretty that good. Set and I was like, that's quite good. Pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, I 
the I mean Ravens are two and zero. I mean so Cleveland's now the Cleveland and Pittsburgh are both one and one then. It's yeah. an uphill battle for Cincy. if he doesn't play if he doesn't play Monday night against the Rams they're gonna lose. Yeah, that game opened Cincy minus seven, minus seven and a half, and now just now I just looked, it's Cincy minus one. They dropped it six points. I don't even that know who their backup mean, is. Uh, it's former Viking is draft it? pick Jake Browning, who has never. I was going to say, is this still AJ McCarron? <laughs> I think McCarron and Catherine Webb are on an island somewhere. I would. Was think. Brent Musburger invited? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Cincy and Free Fall, we'll get to them a little bit in the Jack and the Bum of the Week. They're definitely a candidate. Um, a couple other big games we got to recap. We already talked about the, the Jets and Dallas. I mean, Micah Parsons is a beast. Dallas is top five in the power rankings right now. I do want to talk about Kansas City, Jacksonville. So, two things for me coming out of that game. Number one, that was way more low scoring than anybody thought, and I think that's because Kansas City's defense is for real. I think when Chris Jones is healthy, that unit is good enough to support you know the Kansas City offense dropping off a little bit. I am worried about that wide receiver issue there because Kelsey was back. He didn't play his normal number of snaps. But Mahomes has nowhere to go with the ball if Kelsey is not doing his normal bullshit. You know, I mean, it's like, man, that <laughs> is a tough situation. Like, oh, <laughs> I said that so many times with like uh, with Russell Wilson in Seattle. There's bullshit that's happening. Like, just Russ bullshit. Now Russ bullshit is an entirely different <laughs> meaning. But yeah, I mean, just, oh, Kelsey, like, oh, Mahomes running around, and there's somehow, like, a gigantic 87 wide-ass open. I don't get it. <laughs> it's it's hard to understand, too, because he's 33, Who else are you covering, old. like you said, with the receiver? Who else are you covering? Like, do you really need to, you, you know, don't need to cover Tony. He covers no. himself. Sky Moore, no. You, you know, know your receiving court is bad when you're like, damn, I really miss Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> like, Damn. I mean, or like, Jacksonville was awful in that game, and they still almost came away with it. I mean, Kansas City won relatively handily, but there were times in that game where if Lawrence, I think he had six passes that traveled into the end zone and none of them resulted in touchdowns. It's like really tough situation there for Jacksonville, given that I think Kansas City is still really trying to figure things out and they couldn't come away with it. But uh, Those AFC, more... AFC teams better, better strike... The Chiefs when they're uh, when they're leaking oil a bit because if yeah. they do trade deadline comes, you know I know I know the receiver that everyone was like thought was going to get moved was Mike Evans with his contract and if Tampa was terrible, but who knows they're two and zero maybe maybe they don't he trade looked him. great yeah it, I mean fantastic, uh, you know who knows I don't know maybe it's in division but I thought if the Chargers really if their wheels on the bus just rolled off a cliff maybe Keenan <laughs> Allen gets moved I. I don't know, but I mean the Chiefs they're going to go after a receiver if they get if they get one and might as well the, the get The scary Juju part is the their Patriots. defense is yeah, their their defense is really good. Yeah. Um which yeah. That's I why know. I'm I got come out of the game not as worried about them. I am more worried about their wide receiver situation, but I think the defense is good enough to where say that defense or that offense drops from first to like eighth overall, I think the defense can make up for it and I still think they'll win that division. You know who is available? Antonio Brown. He's available, and he now calls his uh, Sunday program on his Twitter feed uh, CTE Sundays. So he's just <laughs> he's leaning into it. I don't know if you saw his tweet the other day. I mean, I he's like, not. dude, I have CTE. Like, he, he's like, join me for CTE Sundays. I was like, wow, okay, we've reached that point in the uh, Antonio. You know, Brown like experience. all those things you see, like especially I remember. I haven't watched them in a while, but like those MTV, like True Life, and it'll be like living with, you know, like whatever. This just, that's Antonio Brown. He's just out there living with CTE. Follow <laughs> me in my adventures with, you know, uh, a, a brain disease. I'm a little nuts. Follow me. <laughs> See what happens. Next See week, my I'll be playing the NFL for the Chiefs. <laughs> then the week after that, I'll throw a literal bag of dicks at a <laughs> police officer. <laughs> That's that our boy, great. Antonio Brown. I hope he's doing okay out there. Uh, one more game before we get to your Jack and the Bum of the Week. Uh, the Miami-New England game. Two notes I had. Belichick is sliding down the coaching ranks. I really just, year after year without Brady, I just don't see anything from him that says that the majority of what happened over that 20-year stretch wasn't, you know, it was Brady the whole time. Um, yeah, and then he better start winning. Yeah, I mean, it's not happening now. This is the first 0-2 start for the Pats since 2000. I mean, it's that shows you how long they've been relevant. 
Um, and then the other thing, two different viral moments for McDaniel in that game. I freaking love that guy. We say it almost yeah, every I, podcast. I mean, I love, I love him. Absolutely love him. He does that interview that's so nonchalant with Melissa Stark during Sunday Night Football, and then the camera pans to him running to the locker room, and he purposely sprints as fast as he can away from the camera, looking back at it like it's Saw. And I was like, this dude is having fun, his players respect him, he's legitimately funny, and he's coaching an offense that is just on a whole nother level from the rest of the NFL. So fun seeing Tua sling it around like that. You know, Mostert just running wild again at age 31. McDaniel is just cooking right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, you don't have to be like Belichick, like be like an absolute drill sergeant and just be a sourpuss walking around the facility all the time. Like you can be a dominant NFL head coach and like kind of be like, you know, pleasant to be around. Um, I think most of them aren't. I think most of the good coaches are not fun to be around. I think Andy Reid probably is fun to be around. I'd like to eat a burger <laughs> with him. maybe some, And some chicken nuggets. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I picture like I picture Kyle Shanahan being like a dick, mm-hmm. like a. I mean, I know the players like him, but I I feel like don't talk to me. I'm I'm doing something. Mm-hmm. Mike would be like, yeah, you want to go watch Step Brothers? That's what I think. <laughs> that's what I think McDaniel could be. Um, He's yeah, got to I mean, be my, the front runner kind of for, for coach me, of the year. You would think, right? Well, I think Sean McVay's got. I mean, if they win, because I think they're terrible, right? Uh. Like Miami, like Miami th- is kind of. I was gonna say like them and the Ravens. Like I think they're really good. I just my predictions are like these quarterbacks are not gonna play seventeen games. Right. If they do, if they do, Miami could be in the Super Bowl. If they either do, one of them, Tua could win the MVP. Right now, the top three favorites for MVP uh, tied at first at plus six fifty are Mahomes and Tua, and second is Lamar through three weeks. So it's like if those Hard guys stay healthy, high ceiling, right? I mean, yeah, I, I Miami's offense like looks like they're playing a different sport. It's I, got some uh, greatest show on turf vibes, right? The like they are so fast. Receivers. Yeah, but like again, Belichick, like he he can take away your your fastball, like you know he can, you know, the, kind of make it into a little bit of a trans trench warfare, and like Miami can play that way too. Tua I, had forty yards, or uh, Tyreek Hill had forty yards. Didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Miami's really good. Really good. I know the Chargers are maybe not like, I mean, the Chargers are the, well, we'll talk about them. But, and I think the Patriots aren't aren't great, but, you know, they're coming home. They get Denver at home in their home opener. That, so, 3-0. and um, <laughs> Coming up in picks of the week. Yeah, I just, <laughs> no, I mean, Miami and, and, you know, maybe Kansas City stumbles, like, maybe... The Jets without Rodgers, I, I think Buffalo's going to slide. You know, who, who's to say what they look like when they're not playing the Raiders? Um, I mean, Miami could potentially win the division and be a, and be a one seed. And, and uh, Absolutely. Especially it, with the way... I'd like, to, I'd like to see how the AFC shakes out when Mahomes has to not play the game at home. Oh, wouldn't Not to say nice? he wouldn't win it, because <laughs> he probably... I mean, obviously he could. Obviously. But, like, this whole thing, like, same thing the Brady thing, like... Oh, you play the regular season, and once again, it's like you win a game and you're hosting the AFC Championship <laughs> every year. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I get it. You earn it. You win. You do that in the regular season, but it's like, can you guys like? Yeah, we don't can, need. Can the Chiefs Tennessee. have to go to like Buffalo? We don't like, need Tennessee being the one seed and getting rolled. You know, we need a yeah. legitimate one seed like Miami with a healthy two and a full slate of options. That would be pretty sick to watch. Um, I don't think Miami has hosted a playoff game since God knows when. Maybe maybe the Marino era. It's been a long time. Um, so that's the week two recap. We're going to get to your jack-in-the-bum of the week here. Ton of candidates. Number one for me on the list was Justin Fields. Um, I don't know if you have been on TikTok recently, but the Bears fandom has completely given up. It's, they're out after two weeks. Through I would be. Through the preseason, they were like, Fields is a dark horse MVP candidate. Through <laughs> like, week one. Like, I just, I would really like to know who said, like, who? Like, who? <laughs> Through like, week one, they're like, like, hey, you know. Unless that person said that on, on Antonio Brown's, like, CTE show. <laughs> like. This is, I, I just, mean. That's just, some takes are just like, wow, that's bold. But some's like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. I mean. We called this from 2021 from the draft, from the very beginning. I mean, 
we could see this coming a mile away. I think for the first time the Bears fans have actually accepted their fate. They wanted to blame the old GM. They wanted to blame Eberflus, the new coach. They wanted to blame the offensive coordinator last week. After this week, I think everybody is off the field's bus. It's only two weeks, but I mean, it's been two years and two weeks. I think the the Justin Fields project uh, needs to come to an end here pretty soon. That game in Tampa, probably the worst of his career. Multiple uh, videos I saw from, one was from uh, the PFF guys, and then one was just a fan edit of showing what he's looking at as a quarterback back there. And there are three guys wide open and he just tucks it and runs. And you it, ever, it's, uh, it's rough. You ever watch the, uh, former Niners QB JTL Sullivan on YouTube? The I have QB? seen. Yeah. I love to watch those. I watched them all the time when he would, he talk about Trey Lance and he would kind of say the same thing. Like, here's this guy, here's the scheme. Like Shanahan sends this guy in motion. It reveals its own coverage. Like this should be open. And he like t- hikes, snaps the ball takes his drop, and he's like, he's looking in the last place he's supposed to be looking. <laughs> like, I don't know what he's looking at. Like, here's this guy, wide-ass open. Like, the coverage, same thing with Justin Fields. It's like, I Justin Fields played Ohio State. Like, in, I, I know he had an all-star team around him, especially the receivers, but, like, I mean, did, I mean, did you ever have to think on the field where guys just open all the time? And, you again, you had just a great offensive line, yeah. Played against bad opposition. I mean, you know, slugfest Big Ten opponents who are designed to stop the run, and he's just throwing all over them. Yeah, so the Fields experiment is basically over at this point. One other candidate for Jack in the Bum of the Week, Broncos DB Kareem Jackson. Back-to-back weeks uh, that he's going to get fined for a helmet-to-helmet hit. I saw the one last week on Jacoby Myers. Very, you know, brutal hit, but it's a one-time occurrence. You're like, okay... You know, maybe he can just get away with the fine. He did the exact same thing this week to Logan Thomas. Knocked him out cold. One of the more vicious hits I've seen in a long time. Back-to-back weeks where he made a dirty play. Uh, That's a guy who, I don't know, super sus right there. Going out to injure opponents back-to-back weeks. You could tell his teammates were like, dude, what are you doing? And by the way, they're 0-2. Both of his penalties led to touchdown drives for the opposition. Uh, so, I mean, that's a guy that you can blame as much as anybody, Wilson, Peyton, whoever, for that 0-2 star for the Broncos. Um, Sean McVay is on this list because he went for the cover, kicking a field goal as time expired to cut what it to seven. What an absolute boner. <laughs> I have not seen an NFL coach play for the cover like that in a long time. Pretty shameless, but, I mean, you You know, you, like, Sean. I don't know. I go back and forth. I'm like... Like, why wouldn't you, right? Like, you know you're not going to win. You might, like, mm-hmm. why not? Point. I don't know. Like, stats are stats. Like, people are going to look back and be like, oh, a 30 to 23 loss is better than 30. I mean, but then <laughs> the other part, I'm just like. Really? What a dick. Yeah. What a dick. And then two other jack-in-the-bum candidates. Bengals offense, absolute tire fire. And then the Vikings because of their ridiculous turnovers. You know, four more last week. But uh, you're going to go with a completely different candidate, someone that you've been wanting to put on this list for a long time. Yeah, this week's jack-in-the-bum of the week is uh, Chargers head coach Brandon Staley um, because I don't know what he does. Uh, (laughs) The offense, you know, Run by Kellen Moore. Brandon Staley has nothing to do with that. Um, Brandon Staley's defensive guy, and they let Ryan Tannehill, who could not move the ball at week one, go up and down the field against your defense. He, he I mean, they have players. They have Joey Bosa. Like, I know Khalil Mack's a bit of a shell of himself, but he's there. I mean, they're paying J.C. Jackson a billion dollars. They're, you know, Derwin James is, is a really good player. Like, they have players. Like, Eric Hendricks. Some, yep. Yeah, exactly. They're... Uh, I, I like their other corner too, Asante Samuel Jr. I mean, he got cooked. Uh, but the real the real reason why he's on this list is because then he gets into an argument with a media person post game, like kind of questioning, like, "Oh, hey, you know, like your defense, like scheme, you know, not really." And he's just like, "Was all being a dick, like, <laughs> dude, like, what do you do? Like, you cannot be a defensive guy in 2023 as a head coach and your defense be terrible." Like, maybe Mike Tomlin can somehow get away with it, but his defenses have never been terrible. No. Maybe they're not as good as, like, they usually are. But, like, you know, some guys, like, kind of like John Harbaugh, like, he, John Harbaugh was a special teams guy. Like, you kind of 
run a tight operation. The Chargers are not a tight operation. The no. only thing that's tight is their wallets because they're cheap. They won't hire a real coach because Sean Payton wanted to coach them. Uh, living in L.A., doing the Fox thing, I mean, who wouldn't want to coach Justin Herbert? They're like, no, we're going to keep Brandon Staley. Um, yeah, Spanos I wouldn't, be so, wouldn't shell out the I mean, money for it. I mean, I mean, the Chargers could easily go to Minnesota and lose, and and I don't know the schedule after that, but I mean, they could be staring one and four, and once again, Chargers get a Charger, and I, I wouldn't be shocked if 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 Brandon Staley gets replaced, um, mid season potentially he's, by Kellen Moore, which he's on the hottest, argue. the hottest of hot seats, two games into a season that I can remember in a long time. I think. Most of the reason is he was brought in to replace Anthony Lynn, and Anthony Lynn was this guy who just did not project confidence, sloppy teams. You know, he's one of those rah-rah leaders, a great person, a great leader of men, but an absolute slop fest of a head coach. His team's committed a lot of penalties. He had no idea what to do at the end of the game. They bring in Brandon Staley. They bring in Justin Herbert. You're like, oh, man, this is going to be just a juggernaut, especially if that Staley defense really comes through. This is his third season in a row of just... It's the same as Anthony Lynn. It's the same exact thing. The Chargers are going to charge her, and there's nothing that he can do about I, it. I mean, I think rough. the question that that ticked him off from the reporter was like, "Do you think like last year's uh, playoff like you know debacle like is bleeding into this season?" And he's like, "No." He's like, "What uh, stupid question?" I don't think he said that, but he's just like, oh, it's a "Super like like why would it come into this year?" He was like asking the reporter, like, mm-hmm. "I'm just like, okay, dude, like." <laughs> Stop a nosebleed with like a defense. I he's getting fired. There is no doubt, and I mean he. They have taken most of those odds off the board. You can only do it at offshore sports books where you bet on the first coach to be fired. But they've taken it off the board everywhere because they're like, hey, there's only one guy right now who's like probably going to get fired before the season reaches the halfway point. So there's Brandon Staley, Joey's Jack, and the bum of the week for week two. Let's go over to my You Like That picks of the week. We're 5-4-1 and one through two weeks. Uh, last week we got there with Pittsburgh on Monday Night Football with Kansas City minus 2.5. And, and if you listened to us early enough, you got Atlanta plus 1.5 and, and that got you there. That Atlanta line eventually moved to minus 3. Um, we lost on Philly minus 7 with the Vikings backdoor cover. We were really close to getting that one. And then Denver minus three, which was just an insane game. They were up 21-3. to three. They then got a Hail Mary at the end. Somehow still didn't get it to overtime. Crazy game, but 5-4-1 uh, and one after, all, after the dust settles through two weeks. So we got a winning record. We got a tiny little profit through two weeks. Let's put that to the test here. I got five picks for you. Um, I like Detroit at home, minus three and a half against Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta's 2-0, and but if you've watched the games, really lackluster offense. I think Ritter is not dynamic at all. They put up 24 and 25 points in those games, and I think they've been very lucky to do so. Their uh, first opponent, Carolina, I think showed tonight, they are terrible. I mean, that is a really bad football team. I was watching that whole game. I was just like, what a stupid idiot who picked them to win this division. <laughs> They're terrible. Like, I was like, I don't even... Cause like I was like, oh, the Saints are good. Saints are gonna win the division, and I was like, you know what? I like Carolina's defense, and like I think Bryce Young is gonna be a lot better than you know what they had last year. And then I'm just watching, like, nope, this team is hot garbage. <laughs> so we're going Detroit. Uh, they're hosting Atlanta. They're only given three and a half. I kind of like that there. I think their offense at least will will definitely put up a bunch of points as long as they can keep Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier bottled up. They should be able to win and cover. Bijan Robinson is damn good. I, I I mean obviously that's the not a hot take, but I just saw a couple highlights. You know, with Sunday Ticket, um, a couple of runs. Oh my, he's just making guys miss like like. Easily, I was like, young Lashawn McCoy is, is I mean, what he, I'm thinking. He's damn good. Like you don't take running backs high, like they, you know, they don't, like they say now. But like, I mean, he whew. when he he plants that foot and cuts. I mean, that reminds me of young Shady McCoy. It's just like he zips, you know, into a cut and then zips. Like, right yeah, out it's, of it's it. that specific move. Like yeah. some, it just like he puts either foot right left and then just the defender won't touch him. Yeah, he goes in a completely different direction. But if you can bottle him up, Ritter is not going to be he carving sucks. anyone no. else. So, yeah, he's not very good. So we're going Detroit minus 3.5. Uh, Tennessee plus 3.5 at Cleveland. I bet this uh, when it was at 4.5. I think it's moved to 3.5 after the Cleveland game today. So I'm going to give it out at Tennessee plus 3.5. 
I don't think Tannehill's very good. I don't think Tennessee is all that good, but I have massive concerns about Cleveland. And I think if you're getting three and a half points, all you got to do is lose by three to Cleveland. I think Tennessee can get there. I think Vrabel's a good coach. I think that's a team that they're going to run the ball really effectively. I, I think Watson is a bit of a tire fire at the moment. I think Cleveland has awful vibes going right now with just Watson at QB, you know, Chubb out for the year, that whole situation with they may bring in Kareem Hunt, another guy with serious off-field issues to replace um, uh, Nick Chubb. I mean, it's a it's a tough situation there for Cleveland. I'm going Tennessee plus three and a half. And then a pick that I know you're going to love, Miami minus six and a half versus Denver. Buy that now before it gets to seven or seven and a half or eight That because that thing is rocketing up. There's no way Denver's going to go into Miami and win that game. There's no way, right? <laughs> it's like... I love those games. Like, there's just no way. Just <laughs> nope. I mean, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't see it. Uh, I'm kind of shocked it's not higher. Yeah, I, I thought see. it would have been higher too. I thought it was going to be seven. When I saw six and a half, I bought it. Um, and then the Chargers Vikings game opened at fifty four and a half as the total. Uh, it's basically even. It's like Vikings minus one. Um, I didn't want to take a side on this game, especially as a Vikings fan. I know. Whoever commits the turnovers in this game, that's who's going to lose, just like the first two Vikings games. Um, but I'm going under 54.5 in that game. That's the highest total on the board this week by a mile. And I think the Vikings defense, you know, they've given up, what has it been, 20 and 34 points um, through two weeks. But those have been with the opposing teams getting the ball, you know, eight more times combined than the Vikings had the ball on offense thanks to turnovers. So I, I really think Vikings defense has actually been much better than the numbers indicate. Uh, I like them to keep this a low-scoring affair, and I think Brandon Staley's coaching for his job. He's going to you know, do everything he can to try to keep this game low-scoring. I'm going to go under 54.5 there. And then Seattle's only minus 4.5 against Carolina. That's the fishiest line I've seen at any point this year uh, through three weeks. I expected this game to be seven and a half for Seattle. It's in Seattle. When I saw four and a half, I was like, I have to bet it. Like, very strange line there. It worries me because I'm like, what do they know that I don't? But I love Seattle minus four. Uh, four Isn't that crazy, though? You're like, your mind starts to be like, you're, you're just like, is is Geno Smith, like, being arrested for, like, smuggling drugs across the <laughs> like, Like, what do they like, know? Like, 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 I don't think he's injured, like. Yeah, what do they know? DK yeah. Metcalf may be injured. No uh, maybe that affects the line a little bit, but there's, there's, yeah. I mean, uh, Carolina's I not going into. You know what's Seattle. crazy It's just like I just like I'm like I'm no scout, but I I feel like it doesn't take that long, like especially quarterbacks, like to see like I'm not gonna say this guy's gonna be a bust, but like I text you, I'm like I don't see it with Bryce. Like he doesn't do anything. <laughs> 120 minutes well, into his career, <laughs> like. That sounded terrible. Like I said, he doesn't do anything well. That's that's not true. He doesn't do anything like one thing exceptionally. Right. Like they're like, oh, his thing is like his brain. I think that's kind of a crapshoot because I think I think most players in the NFL are smart players. Most mm. of them. So like, okay, you can process really well. Well, like, I so can Burrow, team, and he just team, got the shit kicked. Yeah, out his of team's him. not very. I know his team's not very good. I. That's a bit of an overreaction, but I was just like, I don't see, I guess that my point is like, I see it with Anthony Richardson. Like I, like if he puts it like together with coaching and a team, I think he could be pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Justin Fields. <laughs> nope. Like <laughs> Trey I, I, Lance. Yeah. Trey, <laughs> 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 yeah. You know, quick, we, we've both been like this for a long time. Going back to the freaking Christian Ponder, Jake Locker, Blaine Gabbert draft, where we're like, within three weeks, we're like, no, <laughs> just straight up. Even no. like, I remember like Seattle when they signed Matt Flynn. They're like, oh, this guy. And then they, Russell, and they're like, yeah, we're not playing Matt Flynn. <laughs> it's just like, nope. This, this guy. third round guy's pretty good. Yeah. All right. That's the you like that picks of the week. Here we go. Week three, you like that picks of the week. Detroit minus three and a half at home against Atlanta. Tennessee plus three and a half at Cleveland. Miami minus six and a half hosting Denver. Uh, the Chargers, Vikings under 54 and a half. And Seattle minus four and a half at home against Carolina. Joey, it's time for your feels great, baby. Your wildest take you feel best about. You want to talk about something we started off the top of the pod with here. Coaching matters. 
Yeah, I don't know if this is like a super wild take. I guess my wild take would be like, I think the Rams could win. I mean, I think the Rams could win 10 games. I I, I think they're that good, and I think the biggest reason why is they have a, a dynamite head coach who – if he wants to coach long enough, is going straight to the Hall of Fame. I mean, he could, you could, I guess you could argue. I mean, I don't know if he's there yet. I know he's got a Super Bowl, but like, got to coach a little bit longer, I think. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was just thinking, we were just talking about quarterbacks too. Like, not only does it just matter to like wins and losses, but like it changes people's lives. Um, like, I think Justin Fields wouldn't be that good with anybody, but like, okay, what if, what if he didn't have like, you know, Matt Eberflus, and, like, he had a McVay. He had a, a Mike McDaniel. Like, Tua, Tua's life changed because Mike McDaniel was yes. Like, forget wins and losses. His life changed. He If he stays healthy, he's going to get a couple hundred million dollar contract. He was not getting that if Mike McDaniel's not hired. Um, Same thing with, like, I mean, Sean McVay. I mean, he got Jared Goff, you know, to do well. Matthew Stafford's now a Super Bowl champion. Not always money, but... You know, the Niners draft Brock Purdy. Kyle Shanahan's changed his life by taking him and making same same thing with you know, um, I mean Anthony Richardson. He gets Shane Steichen. Who if Anthony Richardson goes to the Bears, does his career just fall off a cliff? I, you know, I, I just think Jalen Hurts. I mean, wasn't the most. I mean, second rounder. He's not a big first round can't miss guy. He has Steichen and, and you know Philly he. He's now one of the richest guys in the NFL history. Mm-hmm. You know, Josh Allen, you know, I forget. I mean, I think he would have been good, but he loses Brian Dayball. He clearly isn't isn't the same. Mm-hmm. I just – it's just it's just crazy with opportunity with coaches. I, I don't know. Just like who's to know what Justin Herbert's career looks like if he doesn't have Brandon Staley anchoring him down? I, I, I don't know. I just – I yeah. I just think about that. It's pretty pretty interesting. Yeah. The coach quarterback relationship is more important now than it's ever been. And I think that's why almost every head coaching hire from probably 2019 till now has been either a disciple of Sean McVay or an offensive mind, like the good coaching hires, like O'Connell in Minnesota, like, you know, Zach Taylor in Cincinnati. It's guys who are going to foster a relationship with a young quarterback or, you know, a young team. Versus back in the day where you would get like Mike Zimmer guys on the Vikings, you know, 2014 to 2021 teams that were just about hit you in the mouth. And I'm a motherfucker and I'm literally (laughs) going to get up in your face like that's that type of coaching that Belichick Parcells style of coaching is dying out. And all these those guys you just named McDaniel McVay Shanahan, you know, O'Connell, all of these guys are positive people. Who like Pete Carroll's a defensive guy, yeah. But like you said, positive dude. That's, and he's also just really. I think there are some outliers. Like I mean, Pete Carroll's just a really good football coach. You know, offense, defense doesn't. I mean, he just. Yeah, you know, John Harbaugh doesn't look like the happiest guy. Like John in the world, Harbaugh's but, not know. scheming up some of these offenses. Some of these other younger guys are doing, but clearly runs a well-run operation. Like you, if you're not like an offensive guy, you better be, like, buttoned up completely i love D'Amico ryan's but if he doesn't get if he doesn't get cj stroud to play well like i'm not gonna say he's gonna get fired when when you hire a defensive coach like that you need to nail the offensive coordinator exactly or you're screwed yeah and i don't i don't think i mean stroud is the guy i don't think fields is the guy i don't think um, you know, Will Levis, all these guys are the guy. But if they have an offensive coordinator who's legit, we forgot to mention LaFleur up there in Green Bay. Oh, exactly. Like, you know, another guy who's just, you know, he comes in and is just competent. He's young. He's positive. He gets the players to buy in. There's none of this up-in-your-face nonsense. And, I mean, it's really paying off for a lot of these guys. And no more than McVay, who, by the way, I saw this stat Kevin O'Connell is the second youngest coach in the NFL behind Sean McVay, who is still seven years after his hire, the youngest coach in the NFL. And he could coach another 30 years. Who knows? It was impressive. Just get back to him, this full take um, about, yeah, him winning. I, I think he, I think the Rams win 10, 10 games and him, he could, he could win coach of the year with this. I still think the roster is, I mean, bottom five roster in the league. Um, But I mean, he was impressive Sunday, but my, my, Takeaway is like I, I just 
I, I read something that the, the, the Shanahan tree obviously started with his dad. They don't really hire outside of the tree. Like it's, you know, it was like his dad, Kyle, then under, you know, his dad in Washington, they famously had Kyle McVeigh, LaFleur all there. Right. They all, they all hire their, their tree. Well, I read that McVeigh this year said, screw it. And he hired a couple guys from the Patriots like Belichick tree, like power run game. And like, mm-hmm. he completely like redid their run game. And I mean, they ran the ball the first half on the night. I mean, it was just like the Niners gave the ball back. They, the Rams scored 17. It was 17, 10 with like just under the two minute warning. And the Rams got the ball to start the second half. I'm like, there's a chance we we're down 24 to 10 before mm-hmm. we get the ball. It was just like, obviously the Niners put together a drive to tie it. And, and then, you know, the defense, Steve Wilkes made some adjustments, but yeah, I, I, I was just thinking it, it changes people. I just thought that even like Tua, like Tua went from, you know, I mean, just being compared to Justin Herbert the rest of his career to like, is this guy going to win MVP and be like a $250 million quarterback because they hired this nerd, Mike McDaniel. <laughs> Anything's possible when you got Puka Doncic. Who, I mean, exactly. <laughs> well, who, who I was just thinking, who was Miami? Was Miami thinking about Sean Payton before? Who was the other? Yes. They were trying to get Payton and like, Brady. Like, does Tua mesh with him? I mean, Sean Payton is a, Barcel, a Parcells guy. Yeah. Like, he is more like. Taskmaster. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, is Tua who, I mean. I don't know him, but it seems like he fits more with Mike McDaniel than the guy who's going to yell and scream. I mean, he had Brian Flores, who, by all accounts, you know, disliked run, him. Runs a, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Borderline hated him. I mean, some of the yeah. stuff was like, um, but you he wanted to like, play fits. Like, like Trevor Lawrence can't miss prospect. He gets Urban Meyer, the bus is off the cliff. Just yeah. can't even function. And then they hire Doug Peterson, and it's like, oh, fine. Like, he's really good. Moral of the story is hire young, positive, offensive-minded coaches and do not try to get these, you know, Belichick disciples like Patricia and Judge and do not try to get these guys from the Parcells. That's the other thing just to take it back to That era's over. To take it back to Belichick. Like this, I mean, it's just like not only do you like, okay, without Tom, your tree is just terrible. Like. Cronell, Weiss, Mangini, uh, Judge. Uh, Bill O'Brien, okay. Patricia, awful. Patricia is right up there with um, Urban Meyer for worst coaches of recent memory, and Nathaniel Hackett, of course. But Patricia, hated by the players, horrible record, stupid pencil in the ear. Like, <laughs> everything out of New England not related to Tom Brady has been a shit show. But even just, but, yeah, that's the Sunday night game. Like, the Patriots just look stuck in, like, the wrong decade. Yeah. And Bill is the GM, too. Like, part of that is, like, cool, you drafted Cole Strange, who's a nice guard. <laughs> uh, you have no weapons. Nothing. I mean, it's been, like, I mean, has it been since, like, Randy Moss? Since you had somebody on the outside? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, you know, they had Brandon Cooks for one year. who was pretty good. I mean, they. it's been nothing but slot receivers for them for forever, and now they're trying to make... You know Kendrick Bourne and Juju. This, this. I mean, they're playing in the wrong era. You said it perfectly. They're trying to play like they're the 2003 Patriots, and they're like grind it out and make a play here or there. It's like, damn, that is just. But not the, the work. thing about Tom, too, like obviously Brady is. I mean, best to do it. But like even those, like oh Belichick's a defensive. I mean those defenses had like Hall of Famers. Like, <laughs> I mean, that that that. I mean that could be my. Feels great, baby. Take every week is just like is Belichick go from the best to the most overrated. I'm I'm each just, each, each week further I'm, and each further week further. I'm like okay, like because like you we just mentioned Lafleur had Rogers like oh who is this guy without Rogers? Well, I mean who knows how the career he has, but like I mean pretty I mean decent, yeah, competent. Like, yeah, I mean, pretty wild. Coaching matters, man. You said it off the top, and I think you know, head coach, offensive coordinator matters so oh, much these last, days. Last take on the coach, or you could do what the Arizona Cardinals did, and and which which one of you guys who drove here, and which one of you guys took the bus? You see that? You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Who took the bus? You got that fire in your gut? If you don't, you better light it quick. I love I love the memes where they put the crickets. It's like James yeah. Connors just like 
It's like, what? Oh, my God. Yeah, if you hire a defensive guy, it better be a legit coach, not Jonathan Gannon. I think that was probably a, a chestnut checkers move by Arizona to try to get Caleb Williams. Pretty smart move there. And then Caleb um, quickly said, like, I might stay here. He's like, no, thanks, uh, especially if Gannon's the coach. I'm good. All right, great recap of week two and, and uh, week three picks. I'm, I'm proud of this one. Uh, let's close the pod. Uh, one thing I wanted to do as summer comes to an end is I always have this debate with my wife, Jamie, about the seasons. So I wanted to power rank the seasons just to get it off my chest. I feel like this list is unimpeachable. You can disagree with me if you want, but I think this is the perfect list. The best seasons in order, number one, fall for sure. Football, good weather, you know, culminates with Thanksgiving. Love the fall. Second, spring, also great weather. You got March Madness, Masters, baseball starts. You know, if you're a golfer like me, you get to get out and golf again after winter, not having the best conditions. You're like, yes, spring is coming, baseball's coming, golf is coming. This is the best. Then summer. Obviously, you have long days. You can do whatever you want after work because you got a bunch of daylight. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the heat growing up in Northern California, but I'll take summer and then winter dead last. You know, if we do have any like people who actually live, you know, outside of California, but like, I hate the heat. People like in Texas or where it'll be like heat. What is it like? Ninety? Although LA gets pretty hot. Yeah, not not as hot as Houston. I think. Uh, I talked to some folks that were in Houston a couple weeks ago. They said it never got below 108. I was like, that sounds fun. But, yeah, that's my list. Okay, that's, that's fall, spring, we could, summer, winter. We could winter. do that, which I'll answer that too. But, like, we, I'd even, like, you don't have to do all 12, but, like, what are the best sports months of the year? Oh, that would be a good one. I ranked the months not sports-related with Jamie the other day, and she was literally – our lists were almost probably exactly opposite. opposite. Yeah, almost yeah. exactly opposite. All right, give us your seasons. My, one my to seasons? Four. My just – the two that come to the top, like number one, I agree, fall. I, I just it is the, yeah. the football, the weather. I guess the only big negative, especially like when being in schools, like schools back if you're in school, but yeah. I mean, we're older, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean fall is illy, especially if you're if you're into pumpkin spice lattes. I guess um, those are back. Yeah, plaid flannels are back. Pumpkin patches, orchards, oh, yeah. you know. yeah. Like you said, Thanksgiving, my favorite holiday. Dead last, though. I don't know who's second. I, I go back and forth second and third, but dead last is summer. I hate okay. summer. <laughs> I hate it. It's, like you said, way too hot. Um, unless you're a big baseball fan, there's nothing really going on other than, you know, golf. You get to golf, like, you know, you said. That's cool. But, uh, the heat, for me, is so mm. bad. Um. Yeah, that I I hate, I've always hated summer. Okay, so you, I, I had summer third. You have it fourth. Um, it's tough. He's I'll go spring. Between. I'll go spring second. Like I think, yeah. like you did. I, yeah. Like, I, there's more sports side. Like like winter, you get like playoff race and football. Like you get you know, hockey. hockey's yeah. in full swing. But like, hockey games don't really matter. That that time, like spring, like you said, you do get, you know, you get the Masters. Like hockey's still on if you're in, and then you get. I mean, spring you count the NFL draft. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's what I do. And if we did months, for me, number one is October. Yes, that's far and away number one. I mean, you got everything. Yeah. Uh, in October, the only thing you don't get is like golf, but, um, yeah, October. I like October, November. September, December, all the football months, yeah. and then March for for yeah. Well, probably I guess I would say April because the Masters is the first week in April. So yeah, April because you get the end of March Madness, the start of MLB. <laughs> you know, it's hilarious. You know? <laughs> I was gonna say what's what's the worst month? It'll be like July, and then my son will be like, "I was born in July." <laughs> that was a good month for you. Yeah, no, I would be like, it was a good day. No, yeah, one day. The whole month. Jamie's listing off her favorite months, and it's literally, well, let's see, August, June, July, May. What's her reason? Like, what? Because she just loves the warm weather, you know, and the long days. And I'm like, well. Do you guys like playing pickleball when it's 900 degrees outside? <laughs> exactly. That's the point I'm making is like, give me that nice, crisp fall air where you can like go out and exercise and it, you don't feel like you're dying out there. 
you know, I, I just, I don't you know, know what another reason at the bottom, uh, the you know the reason why summer sucks ass is uh, PG and E bills are like seven hundred dollars. Oh, we just got our energy bill today, our highest ever because it, it encompassed two months. It oh, was, ours was oh, ours was, was high, ours was almost seven hundred. Absolute! I saw that and I was like, that broke our record by like eighty bucks. I was like, God, what a nightmare! Summer like, overrated. It is. It, it is. It's, I... As kids, we loved it, okay? You're you're out of school. You get to hang out with your buddies all the time and play sports and play video games. We liked it as kids, but we're adults now. Summer. Yeah, we don't yeah. get it off. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> Screw summer. I'm just like, I'm a 31 years old. I'm like, when's my like two and a half By months the way, off? I work a, a job that it's obviously year-round, but the busy times are seasonal. So for me, March... April and May are extremely busy, and then September, October, November are extremely busy. All the other months are relatively manageable. But even though those are the times of the year where I am just slammed with work, they're still my favorite months. The weather's good. The you know sports are on. You can go out and do whatever you want. You know none of this like oh it's 105 outside. We got to stay in, or none of this like oh it's pouring rain outside. We got to stay in. Like give me spring and fall all day long, man. And I, I'm sticking to my guns there. Um, Thanks for joining us, everybody. We love doing these pods with you every week. We like the feedback we get on YouTube and TikTok and appreciate everybody following and sharing and shooting me texts after uh, they listen to a pod and saying, how could you say that? Like, we appreciate that so much. Um, Thanks to everybody for listening. We'll be back to recap week three next week and give you some more picks for week four. Uh, This was another edition of the You Like That Feels Great Baby podcast. We will see you next week. 